Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the In The Saddle podcast. My name is Chris Loder and I am joined by Katie Midwinter as we preview the weekend's action. We're going to be taking a look at some of the racing at Newbury, Newmarket and Ripon as well as our other fancies across the weekend. But before we get into it, Katie, I'll come to you here first. We're a bit in lull at the moment, aren't we, with some of the big racing festivals between Goodwood and York, but York's coming at us next week, and I know that you're going to be going to that. Yeah, I'm looking forward to York. It's it's one of my favourite festivals of the year, the Ebor Festival. It's always great there. So it should be a really good meeting once again. Um, we've got a couple of nice races this this weekend to look forward to ahead of that. The Future Champions Day at the Curra as well, which should be good. Some exciting juveniles running there. A nice meeting at Deauville as well. So there's a bit to um, enjoy before York, but yeah, I'm really looking forward to next week. Yeah, we'll be picking your brains later for uh, a couple of uh, thoughts on the Carras card, but uh, let's get into it then. So the first race we're going to look at is the 150 at Newbury. It's the Bet Victor Jeffrey Freer stakes. It's a group three over a mile and five. And Kamari is your favourite for Charlie Appleby at 11 to 4. We've then got a rest for John and Fadig Austin at 4 to 1. Klondike at 9 to 2. Shandos at 6 is Jack Darcy at 8. Bigger are the rest. Um, Katie, this looks a trappy enough race to start things off. I thought it was quite tricky. Did you like one in here? Yeah, I agree with you there. I think it's a really trappy race. Yeah, you can make a case for a few of them. The one that caught my eye is Jack Darcy. I think he's quite interesting. He finished second to Lasso in a listed race at Deauville last summer. And Lasso is a good horse. He's group two placed, beaten less than the length by Sim Camille, a group one winner. And he also is former head of tribalist in France. So... That was a form line that caught my eye here. Now, Jack Darcy, he was second to Hamish in the Group 3 when last seen, and I think the step-up in trip should suit him here. There's plenty of stamina in his pedigree, and he, he's bred to stay. He only has a pound to find with the favourite, Kamari, and I think he's probably worth uh, giving a chance to in this. So he's the one that I'm going to go for. Yeah, if I had to give a selection in this race, I was coming on the side of... Jack Darcy, but I won't put him up. I thought Kamari, I don't know, I just thought he won a weak enough race last time out at Newmarket. He only beat Outbox by half a length. I'm not sure how good that form is. Arrest has it all to do, in my opinion. Was disappointing uh, last time out, where he was well beaten behind King of Steel at Royal Ascot. I'm just wondering, does he want the ground a little bit softer? It's going to be drying out, not much rain in the forecast over the next few days and then i think maybe out of the top three klondike could be the way to go um didn't run too badly behind gregory when finishing second at goodwood did hang over the track a little bit behind castle way when we last saw him uh at the new market july festival he was only beaten two and a quarter lengths to be fair to him but uh i think maybe he could maybe have a bit more improvement to come he does have the three-year-old allowance but ultimately this isn't a, a strong looking race in my opinion and it's probably one i would be steering clear of but if i did have to put up selection i'll probably just go with klondike and uh, katie's going to go for jack darcy we move on to the 225 
to the Highclere Castle Gin Handicap. 11 runners, another tricky looking race. Four days, your favourite, along with Libra Tiger at sixes. Harry Brown's then at seven to one. Swift Asset, 15 to two. Woolhampton, 15 to two as well. Fancy Master, tens and bigger are the rest. Katie, this doesn't get any easier. Is there one you liked in here? Another tricky one, Chris. I have to be honest, in this one, there wasn't one I was particularly leaning towards. I don't have a strong fancy in it. The one I probably side with is Harry Brown. I think off a mark of 87, he, he should have an each-way chance, but uh, not a confident selection for me in this. Yeah, um, I'm in pretty much agreement with you. When the dealing's done is a cliff horse, but he was very disappointed, I thought, last time at uh, Glorious Goodwood. Blew the start, never really got in the race. He is starting to become really well handicapped now for mark of 87. And I'm sure it's just a matter of time before he does bounce back to form. He does have form over this uh, course. So he could be maybe one to keep on side if he were playing in this. I thought Swiss Facet would likely go well for Rich Tannen. Has been pretty consistent on his last few starts. Uh, ran a good race at uh, Brighton last time out. And I thought as well, uh, Libra Tiger could go well for Ed Walker. Ed Walker's been in pretty decent form at the moment. Um, he's actually run tonight, Libra Tiger, in the racing league. He, he finished eighth, but before that, he'd won at Sandown. So maybe he could be a horse to to keep on side. But again, it's not a uh, it's not really a punting race for me, and it's one that I'm probably gonna gonna avoid. So yeah, that's our thoughts then on the second at Newbury. We then move on to the three o'clock to the heart bingo summer sizzler handicap open mind is your favorite at six to one we've then got classic at eights along with spangled mac hectic at tens top secret at tens bless him 11s accidental agent 12s along with lethal nymph and Potmaster. bigger are the rest um katie i thought there are a few angles you could come in here a few uh, big prices you could make a case for did you like one in here I like Spangled Mac. I've put him up a few times this season on the podcast, and I'm not sure what was wrong last time out at Ascot. Maybe it was just he was drawn on the wrong side. He raced on the far side, and the first four or five home were all on the near side. So you could possibly make some excuses for him um, for that run. He got his head in front um, of his group a bit too soon I think uh, as well there and he just weakened he couldn't really go the gallop with them but I think he's still well handicapped it's five pounds higher than his last winning mark and he's run well when he's rated high in the past so he might be worth sticking with now they do try first time cheap pieces and I think that could help him focus a little bit more so I'm keen to stick with Spangled Mac bless him he's back to his last winning mark uh, but he's a hefty weight to carry here He's always an each-way player, but he's a bit short, I think. Uh, short enough for me to leave him. Potmaster has been a bit of a cliff horse for me, but I think I'm finally giving up there. So I'm happy to just watch him in this race. And, yeah, I quite like the chances of Spangled Mac. Okay, Spangled Mac it is for Casey. I'm going to go with a horse that I've got a soft spot for. That's top secret for Lewis Edmonds and William Muir and Chris Grassick. This horse is normally quite a consistent horse, often runs a, a good race. Um, finished second last time out, uh, last time we saw him, back in June at Salisbury behind Blue Light Boy. I didn't think that was bad form at all. Uh, that was uh, behind the smart horse of Eve Johnson Horton, who was quite at the time they'd want to run him at Royal Ascot. So I don't think that was 
was uh, wasn't a bad run at all, giving him plenty of weight. He's got plenty of form at the track. He's placed here. Um, he's also um, gone close in some big field handicaps in the past, the likes of Ascot, he's won. Um, he's normally a really consistent horse. This would maybe require career best off a mark of 88. But like I say, he's just dead consistent and he's versatile between seven furlongs and a mile. I think he's going to give you a good run for your money. And yeah, I think where others maybe have got some question marks, I thought if he ran his usual solid race, he'll be there or thereabouts. So I'm going to go for Top Secret and Katie's going to go for Spangled Mac. We then move on to the feature race on the card. It's the 335 at Newbury. It's a bet victor. Hungerford Stakes. It's a group two over seven furlongs. Chindit is the class act in here. He's three to one. We then got Jumbi at fours, Pogo at 11 to two, Marban at eight to one, Moster Shabir at nines, New Endeavour 14s, bigger are the rest. Katie, there's a couple of old favourites in here. Are you going to be siding with one of them or are you going to be siding with the younger brigade, like the three-year-olds? I quite like Marban. He's an interesting one in here for me. Um, he's shaped as though he's wanted a step up in trip this season after three runs over six furlongs. He had been staying on well at the finish, but maybe just lacked the speed over the shorter trip. And I think he'd probably benefit from going over further. His dam was a winner over a mile and a half. He's the one I'm leaning towards here, but I'm putting myself off a little bit thinking that the trip may be too short for him. A Chindit Group 3 winner over the trip, but that was back in 2021, and I prefer him over the mile. I think I'm going to take a chance on Pogo. He goes well when he's quite fresh and he's been off for a month and a half. He's solid over this trip and I think you can forgive him his runs at the start of the year over in Riyadh and Maidan. He's a little bit to find with Jumbi on the new market form, but I think he could reverse that uh, if he's on a going day. So I'm going to go with with the old boy Pogo, I think, in this one. Okay, I'm going to actually go for last year's winner. Chuck Bloody hell. I'm going to go for last year's winner, Jumby, for Charlie Bishop and Eve Johnson-Horton. I thought he ran a good race last time out when he bumped into a horse called Audience at Newmarket, but I'm sure that this has been the plan for him. He likes quick ground. He likes seven furlongs. He likes Newbury. He's got a good record at the track. Will Buick this time is on Mr. Bashir, who's maybe interested in the first-time blinkers. I think he is a bit of an all-or-nothing or kind of horse, but uh, is definitely an interesting jockey book in there but like I say for me Jumby I think he's the one that normally runs the solid race at Newbury when he turns up here and I just would side with him have to respect Chinda of course done really well in some really big races got that form behind um, behind modern games in the lock inch that needs respecting but he hasn't been seen for 60 days, which might be a slight concern for me there. So I'm going to go for Jumby, and Katie is going to go for Pogo. We then move on to Newmarket now, where we're going to look at one of the novelty races of the year. It's the 205. It's the Jennings Bet Grey Horse Handicap. Got a good field this year of 16 runners. So, yeah, we're going to... 
be great to see a big field of greys and Celtic champion is your favorite along with divine libra at six to one we then got strike at eight magical max at nines music society at tens masterclass 11s mr bluebird and metro's on fire at 12s along with secret guests star of lady m is also 12s and bigger are the rest katie this is always a great spectacle to see but as i say uh, loads of grey horses here on show. It's going to be one to uh, definitely get a nice picture of. Uh, is there one you liked in here? I think a grey horse is going to win this race, Chris, but which one? I'm I'm not too sure. There's a few I like in here uh, and a few that I've backed uh, times before. I'm a big fan of Mitros on Fire. He's a course and distance winner off his last winning mark when he won this race two years ago off 85 I think he's going to be an each-way player in the race. Uh, I think he's got a good chance once again. He usually gives a good account of himself. Less so this season, it has to be said, but he's a lovely horse and I'd like to see him do well. Okay, Mitro's on fire it is for Katie. He was the way I was thinking as well. I think this has probably ultimately been his target this season. He's one of the more classier types which definitely suits. He's effective over seven furlongs, so he should be seeing out the trip fairly well at the business end of things. And yeah, I think uh, I think he's definitely a solid pick. So uh, that's our thoughts then on the Grey Horse Handicap. We then move on to Ripon, where they have their feature race of the weekend, the Great St. Wilfred. But before we get our teeth stuck into that, Katie, I know there's one you wanted to mention on one of the earlier races on the card. Yeah, I like the look of the coffee pod in the 210. Uh, I love a Richard Hannon two-year-old. I say it quite often. And I kept an eye on this horse when he made his debut at Nottingham earlier this month. He, he ran well, they finished strongly towards the line. And I think he will have learned plenty for the experience. He should be even better this time out. He was a 50,000 guineas breeze up by for connections. And he's clearly shown potential. So I think he's one to keep on side at Ripon on Saturday. Okay, the coffee pod one to watch from KT. The first race they've got an ITV at Ripon on Saturday runs is the two. Sorry, the first uh, main TV race they've got at Ripon on Saturday is the William Hill Silver Trophy handicap. Compared race, nineteen runners. They're likely to break into different groups. But the one I'm going to put up here is one of my cliff horses. That is Snatch for Jack Garrity and Tim. Easter B, around about 20 to 1 shot at the moment. I've been following this horse uh, since uh, last season where I thought he was going to have a real chance in the um, in the Air Gold Cup. But ever since then, things just haven't quite panned out for him. I did put him up on the podcast when he finished fourth uh, at York back in June. That arguably was one of his best runs this season. But he's just dropped now to an awfully low handicap mark of 73. He was winning races last year off a mark of 87. So he's clearly got a stone in hand on his best form. Um, he's pretty versatile over six and seven furlongs. He probably will want a strong pace to aim at. But if he can replicate the run they did last year when he finished sixth behind Intrinsic Bond in the main group, St. Wilfred, I think he's got a cracking chance. He ran off 90 there. He's now off 73. These are the kind of races that Tim Easterby does really well in 
for me, I just thought he was overpriced and uh, he could be one that, uh, if it's on a going day, is definitely overpriced. So I'm going to be sticking with Snatch there. The main race that's uh, ripping on Saturday is, of course, the Great St. Wilfred. It's the 315. And Summergand is your favourite, old favourite there at 6 to 1. We then got Monsieur Cody at 15 to 2. Lakota Blue at 10s. Dream for Gold 12s along with Sophia Starlight. Bay Breeze is 14s along with Retia and 12th Knight. Wobble Bob is 14s. Kev Gordon 16s along with It Just Takes Time. Bigger are the rest. Um, the one I quite liked in here was uh, Wob Wob Wob. I thought this looked like maybe a potential plot job. Um, from Connections, um, been a good servant for Adrian Keefley over the years, has been racing over a mile, uh, seven furlongs, but his running style is uh, uh, normally to go forward and get the job done, and if he has got enough pace, which I think he could do for the six furlongs, he could be very dangerous here for Mark of 87. Joe Fannin booked. We know he likes to go to the front on a Johnson horse. I just thought if he could get out of the gates well, he's wearing a first-time visor just to put his focus on things. Um, he could go go very close in this. He finished second behind Roscolin last time at Glorious Goodwood. It looks like they've been a little bit ambitious with his campaigning over the last few starts. And I just think... He is definitely a horse you want to keep on side. Stool 12, don't know if it's going to be the best stool in the world. They normally like to uh, be close to one of uh, either the stand or the far side rails. Stool 12 does lead them towards the middle, but with him being more closer towards the stand side than the far side, I imagine he'll come there. And if he does get off to a good start, he could just be quite hard to peg back. So I'm quite sweet there on Wob 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 uh, in the Great St. Wilfred. So that rounds off the main ITV races we're looking at this weekend. Katie, as you mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, um, there's some decent action at the Curra. Is there anything you wanted to tell the listeners over there that they should be uh, taking a look at? It's future Champions Day at the Curra on Saturday. In the first race, we have London City, a very exciting call for Aidan O'Brien making his debut. He is the third full of a four-time Group 1 winner in winter by Justifying. It will be definitely be interesting to see how he gets on. Sham Sudin, a half-brother to Shatash, Vice Uni, out of dual Group 2 winner in Shamreen, is also in that race, a lovely pedigree. And also Queen of Thunder in there. 340,000 guineas as a yearling she cost, and she'll be one to watch. Later on in the card, we have the Group 2 Futurity Stakes, where Henry, Henry Longfellow is the odds-on favourite after a soft round course and distance win last month. Son of the Bowie out of minding, he's one of the exciting Ballyball juveniles this season. I think he'll take all of the beating. Then the debutante stakes, another Group 2 on the card, a rematch between Snellen and Pearls and Rubies. Uh, the pair met at the Trasham Stakes at Royal Ascot with Snellen getting his head in front. He's been in for a hat-trick of wins. Uh, it'll be interesting to see the rematch between the pair. And in the 4.35, I really liked the horse in the paddock um, at Galway a couple of weeks ago. And that was Spitfire Fighter. They made his debut there. Um, didn't really make too much of an impression, but it was really testing round. And I think he should be better this time around. So I'll be keeping an eye to see how he gets on. They've already been gelded. He's a half-brother to a few winners, and I don't think it'll be too long until he gets his head in front. So there's a great card at the cover, uh, and, yeah, definitely there'll be plenty of clues as to how the juveniles uh, will be getting on into next season. 
Okay, a few things to watch out for then at the Curra on Saturday. Um, I'm just going to put up a couple at Deauville on the Sunday that you might want to pay close attention to. We've got two Group 1s on the card. The first one of them is a pre-Jean Romanet. Um, horse that's been on my radar uh, this season, and I've followed her in a couple of times, is uh, one for Bobby. For Huey Morrison was previously trained by Johnny Murta, but since joining Huey Morrison this year, he's really got a good tune out of her. One unstable debut at Nottingham in a listed race there, then was next seen at Newcastle behind Al Houston and Nashua. That looks pretty good form. And then she went over to France at Vichy and won a Group 3. Now, clearly, this would mean a step up on what she's been doing so far, but she seems to be going in the right direction. It's currently described as good soft over in France. She wouldn't mind a bit of ease in the ground at all. It was soft ground when she won at Nottingham. There was a bit of juice in it at Vichy as well. I'm not sure what kind of price she, she's going to go off if she does get declared. I should say we don't have full declarations at the time recording, but if she was to go off and she was maybe around about a 6, 7 to 1 kind of mark, I mean, that's definitely a fair price. And um, yeah, I would definitely be interested to see how she gets on. We then um, go over to the 325 for the other Group 1 race, this time for the juveniles. juveniles it's the pre-morning. We could have the likes of Elite Status, Just Saw, uh, Van Dijk, River Tiber running here. thought it was quite tricky to work out a few different strands of juvenile form coming here. River Tiber is a horse I've got a lot of time for. I was really impressed by the way he battled to win the Coventry Stakes or Royal Ascot. I think he could be uh, a smart juvenile and we get to see the best of him. I thought Van Dijk as well has looked quite impressive in his two starts as well. And, and Elite status, it was good to see him bounce back, uh, winning over at Deauville uh, last time out in Group 3 company. He he would definitely need to be respected, and he won't mind it, especially if it was to dry out. I can't get that uh, performance out of my head when he bolted up at Sandown that time. So, yeah, a few interesting juveniles that could feature at Deauville at the weekend. So, that rounds uh, this episode off. Uh, thanks again for Katie for giving up her time. Hopefully, we found you some winners this weekend. Please remember to follow us on all the socials we're available on instagram and twitter remember to subscribe to us on the podcast platforms as well leave a review on apple spotify soundcloud whichever one is your preference please remember to gamble responsibly and we'll be seeing you again soon